0: The reading is Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to uh, then he said to him rise and go your faith has made you well oh, good morning um, Edna and I had our golden wedding anniversary on
1: the 24th of April oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to thank you all for the card it was uh, you know it was a pleasure to receive it um, I told all my there uh, we had a party for Uh, 20 adults and 10 children. All the children were 9 and under. So you can imagine, it was a bit of a hullabaloo. And I told them all beforehand that we didn't want any gifts and we didn't want any flowers. What happens? The doorbell rang just a day or so before. And I opened it, and there was a tree in the doorway with a man peering through it. he delivered it from the local florist. It was an acer, and it was, was up here somewhere. So he didn't give me flowers, but he gave me a tree. Um, also, a God, one of our goddaughters, granddaughters, produced this cushion, uh, which was instead of a card, I suppose. And there we are. <laughs> <laughs> no we're um this was taken 30 years ago and I had lots of hair on top here and uh, Edna for some unknown reason in the picture was looking ginger but she's not actually ginger so I don't know what went wrong there something to do with the photography I suppose anyway it was a a great celebration and uh, much appreciated um Jim suggested that I might preach on healing this morning because I understand that uh, you've had a healing here in the church and may there be many more of them. Uh, What I'd like to do is take it in three parts. Um, One, some things that the Bible says about healing. Then the healings by Jesus. And last, modern healings up to date or recently since Jesus left us. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about spiritual gifts where it mentions gifts of healing, that's plural, gifts, that are likely to be given to some followers. Later in the same chapter it says, and in the church God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, then workers of miracles, and also those having gifts of healing. And at verse 29 are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, and so on, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. So we're obviously expected to have these gifts and to seek those that we think are meant for us. I tried to get the gifts of healing many years ago. A man named McNutt um, a reverend father in the Catholic Church, I think, although he was actually doing it in a Methodist church. And he laid his hands on mine um, and prayed that I'd have that gift. But I didn't get it. I just did not get it. If anything, people got worse after I prayed for them. So it certainly wasn't my gift, and I knew it. God let me know it in no uncertain way. He probably thought if I got that, I'd have a swollen head be rushing about, touching people, healing them, and I'd be wonderful. Um, What he did give me, and I didn't ask for, was the gift of prophecy. Uh, I didn't understand it. I mean, I began to get pictures, and I thought, no, that's wonderful. You know, uh, have I been drinking too much, or what's gone wrong? These strange pictures. And then I twigged that uh, it was of God, and it was a meaning to it, and I had to decipher it, or get someone to decipher it. So... There are all sorts of gifts, and we should desire them, but don't think you're going to get the one you've asked for, because that might not happen. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. The gift of prophecy is, is a humbling gift because um, if you get a picture and you try and tell somebody, usually they say, "Oh, yeah," you know, they're not going to believe you, so uh, you're left. Uh, well, humbled, to say the least. But when one or two of them come to be, come to tr- come true, uh, then they realize that, yeah, God's touched you in that particular way and you do have something to offer the, the church, the body. And that's what the gifts are all about, of course. Um, if you don't have the gifts of healing, does that mean you can't pray for people and expect results? Not at all. Colossians uh, 4 verse 2 tells us to devote ourselves to prayer, and Ephesians 6 verse 18 exhorts us to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So even though you may not have that particular gift, gifts of healing, it doesn't mean you shouldn't pray. You should pray on every occasion. Don't miss the opportunity to pray. Um, I belong to a team at Beulah Baptist Church in uh, Beck's Hill and we take turns to go up front and um, uh, sometimes nobody comes. Other times we're quite quite surprised. Someone comes up with a real, real basic need and um, that's the time to have one eye on the Lord and one eye on them and, and pray for them. Uh, Sometimes these cases are quite complex. A lot of things are Asperger's disease. I don't understand Asperger's disease. I don't know enough about the human anatomy, uh, not as much as I should. But anyway, it doesn't matter. You pray to Jesus for their healing and then trust him to do whatever he's going to do. On one occasion, when there was someone with Asperger's, my partner was a doctor and... uh, She went into a long harangue about uh, asperges, which lost me completely. But it it didn't really matter. A simple, ordinary prayer was all that was needed. The prayer of faith in James 5 is very relevant. It says, Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Never forget that. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. In what we've just read the elders refers to the officers of the church. So your elders or deacons or, or whatever you, whoever you appoint, they're really the ones referred to um, in this scripture. And the oil is symbolic of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, I mean, I've been anointed at times. Uh, oil brought out the kitchen. Um didn't matter. You know, it's, it's symbolic. In the Old Testament, we're told of Hezekiah, who was terminally ill, but was given 15 years of extra life. He implored God to give him more time, and God graciously did. He didn't give him life everlasting, but he gave him another 15 years, which is a long time. And Job, who suffered for a long period before being restored also. And Naaman, you may remember Naaman, the army commander, Uh, he he was healed of leprosy when he was washed in the Jordan. He kicked and screamed because he didn't want to go into the Jordan. He wanted to go into an Assyrian river, but the word from the prophet was no, Jordan. So in the end, as I say, kicking and screaming, he went in the Jordan and was made completely clean. Uh, Turning to the blessing of healings and miracles done directly by Jesus, uh, there are so many that John wrote at the end of his Gospel, if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. So if we mention a few, Matthew 9, Jesus healed the paralytic man and caused trouble because he said, your sins are forgiven. They found that... uh, Difficult to accept. Instead of saying, be healed, he said, your sins are forgiven. There was the other one um, who had an issue of blood for 12 years, a woman, and was healed when she touched Jesus' cloak. Um, He told her, your faith has healed you. That was a huge act of faith in amongst a woman, in amongst all those men, reaching out just to touch his cloak and convinced that this would heal her, and it did. Mark 7, <coughs> the deaf and dumb man was healed when Jesus put his fingers into his ears and then spat on, on his fingers and touched his tongue. Luke 17, 10 lepers. Now that's what we read or we had read to us earlier, but only a Samaritan came back to thank Jesus. Excuse me. <coughs> Then he said, We're not all cleansed? Where, the other, where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. So Jesus was not just for Jews there, but he looked also for the Gentiles and anyone else other than the, the Jewish ration, r- nation. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm having trouble with my voice. I don't know what I've done, but <laughs> um, now if we uh, turn to some more recent miracles, and that's one I believe we experience at this church. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, turning to um, modern m- miracles, if you can call them that. Um, a lot of people believe that when Jesus left this earth, that was the end of miracles. If you ever get Jehovah's Witnesses on your doorstep and you mention that, that's what they believe. They think it all finished when Jesus went away. But <coughs> well, I can assure you from a personal view it, it's not the way it is you may recall I had cancer um, earlier on um, and a, when I went up there and they they took a sample and said um, yeah you, you've got cancer but uh, we can get on top of it you know give us time chemotherapy we can we can deal with it um, I went to the church and asked them to pray they've got a, a prayer group they don't come together. They pray in their home. Somebody phones around, says, David Pyle's got cancer in the groin. You know, will you pray for him? So a barrage of prayer went up. Um, and when I went back to see the consultant, um, I said to him, I, I'd, I'd had a shower just before, and I'd noticed that the two lumps, which were quite prominent, had disappeared. So when I went there, and he's a skeptical type, I said to him, those two lumps that you're going to treat me for, they've gone. he looked at me and he said, oh, come in and lay on the bed. So I went in there and he started poking and probing. And I remember thinking to myself, if I wasn't ill before I came in here, I'm going to be by the time I go out. Because his fingers were going in everywhere and it was quite painful. Um, And I thought, he's not going to find anything, they're gone. Uh, Anyway, in the end he looked at me quizzically and said, "Um, hmm... Well, he said, chemotherapy starts in a week's time. So I thought, well, he's not convinced, and he's going to give me chemotherapy. And he did. And um, it wasn't pleasant, I can tell you. And uh, I suffered quite a bit through the chemotherapy, but fortunately, when I went back to see the consultant next time round, it was another consultant, and he said, he looked at me and he said, you're looking quite ill. And he said, well, when we give chemotherapy, You've got to be careful that we kill the cancer and not the patient. And he said, I think we're killing you. So he said, I'm stopping it right away. Well, that was a that was a blessing. <coughs> but the thing was that cancer had been cured, obviously, by the prayers of the folk in Beulah. And I'm duly grateful for that. <coughs> I also had menu menus disease. Um, lots of people prayed. That was when I was at Rye Baptist. Lots of people prayed for me. Um, It didn't go. I was getting repeated attacks. It's an awful disease. You fall on the floor. You're sick. You you have got just got to go to bed for three days, and then slowly, slowly, you recover. Anyway, I went over to. I said to God, "It's pretty obvious that you're not going to heal me, but I want you to know, despite that." I'm going to go on serving you. Even if I'm laid on the floor and I'm sick, I'm still going to serve you. Um, I went over to Ashburnham for a meeting and when it was all over, a German woman came up to me. I didn't know her. And she said, I've had a word from God um, and he's going to heal you. So I said, oh yeah, you know, all those prayers, they can't heal me. And a German woman tells me she's going to. Um, Anyway, they rushed off and got some oil, anointed me and prayed for me. And when I next went to the uh, consultant, um, he was quite staggered. His question all the time was, what have you been doing? He said, you've done something different. He said, I need to know what it is. He thought he'd found the cure for Menuh's disease. Well, he had, but it wasn't the cure he expected. And when I said to him, well, I did go over to Ashburnham, and they prayed for me, he became quite agitated and finally slammed my casebook shut and said, there's nothing I can do for you on your way. So that was that. So uh, I personally can testify to two two healings. I also also went to a prayer meeting, and there was a a woman there who looked perfectly healthy, and during the evening she gave a testimony. All her life she'd had one of these wretched iron boots on, you know, to keep her leg straight, it um, had been a miserable life for her. She, by the time she was, she must have been mid-twenties, she went to a healing meeting, sat at the back, didn't have the courage to go forward, but they prayed for anyone that was sick, and uh, all of a sudden she felt great pain in the leg and was was beginning to scream out, and the people round her rushed, untied the boot and took it off, and all the trouble was because she was being healed there and then, and the leg was trying to straighten against the boot. Um, now I was intrigued because I hadn't, at that stage, I hadn't heard much about divine healing, so I offered to give her a lift. Uh, my ulterior motive was I wanted to talk to her closely, but she said, um, "You can give me a lift, but I don't want you to take me home. I want you to take me out to the beach." So I said, "What well, at this time of night? Ten o'clock?" Oh yes, she said, I'm going for a swim. Now she was totally cured. Um, it was a bless- huge blessing to me and I, I never forgot that woman. Um, also there were many healings over at Tunbridge Wells. Trevor Deering used to go over there and lay hands on people and um, there were people crashing in the aisles. The church was full of bodies and uh, he and his wife were so busy just touching people and praying for them. And uh, many, many people. He used, to, he used to keep a list of all the healings and uh, it really was huge. It went on and on. He's gone now. He's living up in, um, I don't know, Warwickshire or somewhere now. But uh, th- that was a great time. Um, so the conclusion here is that Jesus heals today. Have faith and pray for the sick. Don't worry about the results. Leave it to Jesus. There was a church who had um, a leader and he became quite ill and he was dying and the church prayed for him to live. Their prayer to God was, we need him. You know, we really need this man. He's the heart and soul of our church. Well, the Lord was gracious and he did heal him. Healed him and made him okay for several years but then one day he became ill again and back went in the church we still need this man and the answer they got from the lord yeah well i need him now and he died so you know that's a wonderful blessing from the lord but in the end the lord will have his way i'm glad to say um yeah i think i've mentioned smith wigglesworth to you before um uh, he was an unbelievable un- man who could bring the dead back to life. That was his gift. Um, and the one amusing thing is that his wife died. He be- went in and laid hands and prayed to the Lord, and she came back to life. And she lived for several years, and then she got ill again. And um, Smith w- Wigglesworth said to her, you, you, you know, I can see you're going to die. She said, don't lay a hand on me. She said, I just want to die. Keep off me. So he did. <laughs> now, he was a sunderland plumber. There was nothing special. An ordinary plumber who'd been touched by the Lord. But he had that very special gifting of, of bringing the dead back to life. So there's ample proof that Jesus lived and died and rose again. There's no reason to doubt that he will come back again We have to persevere in our faith for as long as it takes. And I can't push that harder. I'm 88 now and uh, I seem to get closer to the Lord every day. What you're believing and what you come to this church for is all true. There's no question about it. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, thank you for the Bible and the guidance given, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Help us to persevere in our belief. Strengthen our faith enthuse us with love for the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Je- Jesus' name, Amen. <laughs> um, just as a PS, has anyone heard of a book called 90 Minutes in Heaven? 90 Minutes in Heaven by Don Piper. If you get the chance to read it, do read it. It's, uh, it's. I won't. There's a pricey there of it. I won't read it, but... Uh, That's the name, 90 Minutes in Heaven by Don Piper. It's an absolutely unbelievable story, but uh, it's true. Thank you.